Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. What's up, everybody? It's your favorite guilty pleasure, the Chad and Cheese Podcast. I'm your co-host, Joel Cheeseman, joined, as always, by the Robin to my Batman, Chad Sowash. And today, we are just super excited what? to welcome newly minted unicorn, that's right, Anoop Gupta to the show. Wait, we, we have a noob coming on? A yeah, noob's on the show? Here. The, uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there it Unicorn is. alert. Yes, Unicorn I was waiting. alert. Okay. There's a noob. And, and by the way, deathmatch winner. Yes. From 2019. Yes. We know how to pick them, Chad. Well, and you know how sexy that is when you walk into a funding meeting and you have Chad and Cheese gold rope with a big metal. Oh, dude, you know that's how I got it. Tiger Global hands you blank checks when you come in with the deathmatch gold chain. That's exactly Hey, guys, you're giving away my secrets to how to become a unicorn and raise a lot of funding. Well, the thing is, the thing is, Anoop, that uh, I, I think you and only two two other companies have actually won deathmatch. So therefore, you know, they, they not many have actually gone through the hoops yet. So you're, yeah. you're safe. You're safe. Yeah, that damn that damn pandemic kind of screwed it up for everybody. <laughs> screwed it up for everybody. So what are you, what are you doing, Anoop? Are you sitting on a pile of money in Seattle, drinking some Starbucks? Like what what's your what are your days like? <laughs> <laughs> My days are. Exciting because, you know, the team we have is exciting, but it's also a lot of hard work and uh, it's fun. It's fun what we do. What's fun? Tell me what's fun. Are you, are you digging into the data and you just love that you're bathing in numbers? I mean, what's going on here that's fun? No, no. <laughs> well, what is fun? You know, really, I got to tell you, my favorite meeting of the week is my all hands meeting. Okay. We got like 120 people out there. We talk about gratitude. We say thank yous. We introduce new people who have joined. And it's an amazing group. So it's the people that we have and the interactions that we have, even during these times of COVID, is most exciting to me. You know, when we say, and this is placed not at all from a corporate and what we're trying to sell, when we say people are the most important asset for any company. You know, they make you want to get up and come back and talk and and do things together. That's most exciting. Numbers happen automatically when you have a great team. And I'm serious. Well, Anoop, I don't know if, I assume you're too busy to listen to the show regularly, but our most fun is talking about all the new unicorns in our space. Joel just loves the sound effect. I for mean, those that, that for those that don't know, like give them give them the details on the latest uh, Series C. What's going on there, and then and then we'll kind of dig into the nitty gritty of that. Yeah, so you know, just a couple of weeks, we announced our Series C fundraise, hundred and fifteen million dollars, and brings our valuation to one point two billion in four years, and two point six x. You know, what we did nine months ago in March, we raised $65 million. So, you know, it's been a fun ride and journey. A lot of investors. Love it. Love it. Yes. 
let's let's make that the last one. Okay, that's great. <laughs> um, so let's jump into this, Anoop. You now have taken unicorn money. You guys are obviously, you know, you're you're on the launch pad. You're you're on takeoff. But the thing is, you can't be a point solution at this point, right? You've got to broaden up. You've got to become that new, bigger system, right? Mm-hmm. So what's your vision for tomorrow? You guys started off as a sourcing solution. You become much more than that. And I assume, especially with this cash, you're going to become even bigger and stronger and broader. Am I wrong? Am I right? What's going on over there? You're always right. And that is, uh, you know, genuinely true. So to bring people along who are listening, you know, SeekOut is a talent acquisition platform today. You know, we help you recruit hard to find diverse talent. And we have expanded that for from just passive sourcing to, you know, uh, candidate discovery in your applicant tracking system, you know, ranking inbound talent so that you know you have an easy job where you have too many applicants uh we help you with referrals and then give you contact information and communicate and diversity so that's where we are coming at from the thing that we you know our customers very much made us aware of is you know there's talent acquisition but with the great reshuffle with the great resignation there is a lot of interest in retaining the people that you have. Yeah. So what we have done is we are expanding ourselves, you know, and we say seek out is the best solution for hiring, retaining, growing and developing your talent. Right? So this is something we call enterprise talent optimization. It is looking at the whole enterprise, looking at who you already have and who you want to get from outside. So that's exciting. So internal mobility. Here's the big question, I guess. How do you differentiate yourself from all the other core talent platforms that are actually out there today? I would see that most of the newer platforms are more automation centric and help organizations scale in in many different ways, uh, whether it's on the IM side or it is on just the recruiting side. But how do you differentiate because that's that's me looking from the outside in how do you and how does your team differentiate how you're different uh when you're pitching to new clients yeah no so so let me you know talk start from an example so if you look at uh, a platform like workday you know which helps uh which has something called skills cloud you know that people can enter skills and they can suggest some jobs options Mm-hmm. But they start with zero skills, and the first task that an employee has to do is to go and enter their skills. And I'm frank, if you were to say, Anup, go and enter your skills, I wouldn't even know where to start or what to add, what not to add. <laughs> <laughs> Serious. It's a hard question. And, and, and turns out, you know, from what we heard is maybe 10%, 20% of the people do it. Okay. And even if they do it, you know, they do it in a very limited way. So our foundation for doing and differentiation is how we build the most comprehensive 360 degree profiles and views into internal employees. 
talents. You already know when we go to external talent and hiring, we have the public profiles, we have the GitHub, we go and look at jobs, just say security clearance, we do diversity, we infer lots and lots of things about them. So now what we're doing is we are combining that external data that we already know about the employees at a company, along with the internal data that might be there in a workday. Right. Uh, for example, you know, what's your level, <laughs> you know, job level internally? Uh, what is your trajectory been? We can go and look into the learning development systems. We can actually go into your internal GitHub, your corporate private GitHub, right. you know, and find out what is the work that you actually done. So we'll have the most comprehensive view of the internal and external data combined together of the people. Once you have that, we already have a lot of you know, sophisticated AI matching and other technology that we have developed you know, for external talent acquisition to say, you know, here are jobs that are relevant for you, right? We can tell you here are career paths other in the company have taken. We can tell you about here are team members that you can Slack chat to. Right, so that is where the power comes, the power of the talent data platform layered on top with a talent intelligence platform with a talent action platform. So both the HR people and the employees can make great progress. So you're gathering data, then you're contextualizing data, and then you're creating ontologies around that data to be able to plug it into several different systems. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. I mean, so, yes. I mean, so basically, the foundation is if you don't know anything, you know, it's garbage in, garbage out. Right. Okay, so you better have the right information that will inform your decisions. Then data by itself is not su sufficient. You better get some insights and predictive insights on, you know, why somebody might leave or why somebody might stay, and it's not only about just internal data, you know, it is external market around a person and their skills and experiences. And then insights by themselves are not sufficient. You gotta be able to do something and we let you do something. Is there an engagement piece in terms of employees actually getting involved with the data or is this all sort of out of, out of their purview? No, no, so there is an employee portion that we call okay. the career hub. And basically that's the place where the employee goes. You know, they can enter their preferences on any kind of thing they might mm -hmm. do, but we'll tell you open jobs. Um, that might be highly relevant to them. They can mm -hmm. choose something, they can find their skills gaps and they can say, what are the skills I need to build up? So let me tell you another aspect of it, you know, which is uh, interesting. So Kathleen Hogan, mm -hmm. you know, she's the CHRO at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. She recently sent a email to 25,000 people managers saying, hey, you know, retention is an important thing. We care about our employees' growth. So for your team members, you know, start having career conversations. Uh, people managers, they don't know what jobs you have. They don't know, you know, which areas are hiring. They don't know anything. Right. So it is about employees what they can directly do themselves. It is about people managers and the conversations they can have with their team members. It is for HR managers and business leaders to understand who they have in the organization and how they can advance. 
So you recently told, uh, I think, George LaRock in an interview that you you are not trying to be an ATS or an HRIS system, uh, which I initially sort of chuckled at um, and said, good luck with that. But but hearing you now, it seems more like the companies in your crosshairs are like an eightfold or a phenom. Am I right on that? And if I am, what makes you feel like Seek Out sort of has a better shot at taking them on um, and succeeding? So, you, you know, competition and companies are always there. It is a huge market out there for us to go and win. We believe that our strengths in talent acquisition very naturally extend to this new world, you know, that we call Talent 360, you know, for enterprise talent optimization. We have the right expertise of team members, you know, who know how to bring data together and bring intelligence. We have a data platform where we can integrate new sources of data very easily. And and then, you know, we have a lot of AI and other people so we can do. So I think we come from a unique place of the richest data already about employees that we can enhance. So quick question around system of record. Could you be a system of record for an organization who did want to kick their ATS to the curb? Because I think really, if we look at it, an applicant tracking system is just a, a, a relic term, right? We, we are more focused on a tech stack, which is going to differ from company to company. So they'll need different plug and play options, modules, all that other fun stuff. The big question that it all comes down to is, can you be the system of record for an organization? So let me take an example and an analogy that might be helpful, you know, for your audience. If you look at ServiceNow, you know, they're a hundred billion dollar plus company. And you say they are a system of record. They build on top of Salesforce. They build on top of Zendesk. They bring data from many places together. Yeah. Okay. To provide insights and data and workflows so companies can get work done right Right. so similarly okay what our intent is to be that system on top of the hris's the ats's the lms's the internal spreadsheets where they might have information about you know these people have sold to go inside the salesforce to go inside that So I believe that the power is not just in the system of record. The power is in the data, the insights, and the actions that you can take. So I look at Workday as a partner. You know, I look at a smart recruiter's greenhouse as a partner um, on top of which. What ATS systems are about is a lot of, you know, workflow and compliance and what are the, you know, regulations in each country and things like that. And we kind of want to stay above it. Yeah, I can understand that. You you want to stay away from the red tape. So you are actually providing uh, really a lot of the glue. Would, would it be the, really the the RPA and automation that works behind the scenes within those platforms instead of being the platform that everybody logs into? Where do you guys actually fit in that? Yeah, so we could be sitting on top. So, you know, so again, we talked about, you know, if you are an employee, yeah, you want to know what's possible for you, who you should connect to, yeah, you know, what are career paths. So, so 
all of these things, you know, what should you learn? They will come directly to us. They don't go into any of the other systems. If an HR person is, you know, looking at either sourcing internally talent or they want to understand, you know, between this group of division or and this division, what is happening and what is the talent we have, they come to us. If you say, you know, this group is disappearing and how do I want to redeploy the talent? They come to us and live on top of that. And then to make a change, you know, okay, this employee should move to this organization or whatever you go into the HRIS and do the needed stuff. So do you integrate so that you can deliver that experience into those systems or do they have to actually leave Workday or leave whatever core talent platform they're using and then log into your system to use it for that. How does it work fluidly? Because we all know that employees, from an adoption standpoint, they don't want to log into a bunch of different systems. So do you have the integration and delivery mechanisms in place to ensure that that happens in a core system so that you get prime adoption? So I'm saying it's a prime adoption. If you look at ATS system today, and you look at most HRIS systems today, they are ERP systems. They are designed for the professionals and experts. They are not designed for the employees. They're not designed for a lot of, you know, the people. So we expect that a lot of work um, will happen in our systems and through APIs. Gotcha. You know, the effect of a salary change, whatever else can happen in an HRIS system. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast. Let's talk about people for a second, Anoop. Um, I think you have roughly 120 employees now. Is that correct? Yeah. Give or take? 140, yeah. Okay. So you mentioned uh, in, in many interviews that headcount was obviously going to go up. Um, and I don't think anyone doubts you have some some huge brains at the company. Are you going to add more brains, uh, a little bit more sales and marketing level type folks? Like, What kind of increase in headcount are we going to see? And also, what kinds of people are you going to bring in? We are bringing in people in all areas. So we are bringing, you know, salespeople. We are bringing in customer success. We are growing our marketing. We are growing our partner, this thing. And we are growing our engineering and in engineering and product and designers. So truly, it's actually been growth in all dimensions you know, to grow the business. And is this uh, more of a global workforce? Uh, where's the company in terms of work from home, uh, hybrid work? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so we are around two thirds in this broader Seattle area and one third, you know, mostly around the US. We do have a team in India, you know, that is there. We are total flex work from home and hybrid so we do have nice offices in bellevue and you know in the seattle area and different teams operate differently you know based on 
what members want to do. Engineering, a lot of engineering comes into our office. You know, sales, a very small fraction, comes in maybe 5% because they can work just as effectively from home. What is important to us is, you know, the health of our employees and their families. So we've been totally flex and pretty effective with that and pretty effective in, you know, maintaining our culture, which I said is gives me the most happiness and brings me joy. And how about global growth? Are we going to be seeing uh, an office open in um, Israel or Germany? Like uh, what, what's that growth plan look like? Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, clearly we will be growing internationally too. I mean, there's still a huge market in the U S that we have not touched. We just last week, you know, announced the hiring of our chief revenue officer. That is Kristen Scott from Apian. So with her joining, that'll give us the capacity to also go international in a you know very thoughtful way. And that was fairly sort of quietly the new CRO. I don't think there was any sort of public announcement. Um, what's the story behind her background? Uh, did the current CRO get repositioned somewhere in the company? Did they leave? What happened there? No. Uh, so, you know, her background is from Appian, you know, which is a more platform for connections uh, of, you know, how um, companies build their apps on top. She helped grow them from, you know, when they were around 20, 30 million to over 200 million, which is, you know, an area and a range we are very interested in uh, that experience she is a wonderful you know builder enabler of scaling enterprise sales teams our previous we we didn't have a cro before we had a vp of sales scott goodmanson and he's been amazing uh, for us he will remain with the organization i think we just needed to expand the capacity of a leadership team Great answer on the, we need to focus on the U.S. first because uh, there's a lot of discipline that obviously goes into that. There's a lot of money. You're already sitting on a powder keg when it comes to cash. But then uh, obviously looking international as well because you do have international clients. I, I, I get that. So that's that's awesome. My question, Anoop, goes around something that I hear from talent acquisition leaders all over the place. They're sick and tired of hearing all of these platforms that were boasting AI before, and now they're DEI platforms, <laughs> right? And, and, it, and it makes not just them sick because <laughs> they know that it's quote unquote loosely DEI if it is DEI, let alone AI, but you guys also have diversity hiring on the website. You've talked about it. What should companies actually look for to be able to differentiate? Because when you're starting to talk about you know, addressing unconscious bias with technology, that only goes so far. So so help us out. Yeah. So the first thing, um, Chad, is that, you know, diversity, holistically looking at, you know, diversity, equality, inclusion, belonging mm-hmm. is a complex problem and there's no single silver bullet to address all of that in one go. You know, if you were to ask the talent teams, they'll say, hey, sourcing and recruiting is the hardest, but, you know, 
there are many companies which might be revolving doors. You hire the talent and then and the, and the talent leaves. And that is no fun or helpful. So I'll tell you where SeekOut helps today and where SeekOut is going. And a lot of the growth and the funding and the unicorn status relates to how we actually help people. So I hope that some of your people who are listening today and are you know, just sick of all the noise about everybody doing it, you know, they give us a serious look. Mm -hmm. So it starts with, you know, to me, one is how do you set targets? So, you know, so being able to understand that in the talent pool, you're looking at data engineers with 10 years of experience who know TensorFlow. You know, we will tell you what diversity looks like. We will tell you what diversity looks like at your peers. We'll tell you where these people are. Okay. The second thing, so it is about how you set targets and realistic targets and not be just streaming. Right. The second thing is, I believe that job descriptions matter in attracting talent. And I'm not talking about the text you're like thing, make sure your language is nice and fuzzy, which I know you guys will never do. <laughs> come on now. Come of on course. Now. Yeah. Joel's, uh, Joel's warm and fuzzy. Come on. Don't make me push the soundbite, Chad. Don't make me push it. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't mean it in a bad way. Okay. But it is about requirements. You know, job descriptions become kitchen, chain, uh, kitchen sinks. And, you know, depending on what you do, you can narrow the aperture of people. So helping having data-driven conversations with hiring managers that help you widen the aperture so you can find great, capable, diverse candidates, you know, is really important and SeekOut helps you with that. And then the third thing is actually sourcing and finding those candidates. And, you know, we have amazing AI and filters, et cetera, that will help you. And then, you know, we say unconscious bias that all of us have and um, how do you reduce bias is the way we call it actually bias reducer and we give you flexibility in hiding names and pictures and social networks and universities whatever you want to do to do that now a lot of companies are finding all of this very valuable and that's you know uh, certainly a very strong element in our growth now, as you look forward, how do you measure inclusion? How do you measure belonging? How do you measure the processes? So because we integrate with the applicant tracking systems, we will also tell you, you know, there were 50 women and 50 men who applied and, you know, 10 women got an interview and 20 men got an interview and one woman got hired and four men got hired. So basically data can also be an interesting tool that lets you ask smart questions, you know, in the workflow. What is actually happening out there? And so that you can say it might be reasonable or it might not be reasonable. Maybe the interview process needs to be changed. Maybe the right kind of diverse people need to be there in the interview loops. You know, so there's a lot of things that you can do. As we head into the, you know, enterprise talent optimization I was talking about, you can take Microsoft, you can look across all the vice presidents and you can say, hey, for each one of them, you know, how many black people joined the organization and how many people left? If there are a lot leaving, you know, <laughs> then, you know, maybe, maybe, and it's a, 
you know, there is an inclusion belonging problem that is there. So again, data allows you to ask smart questions. And if you dig down, you know, that will help you debug the system and get on a path to improvement. Without data, companies are flying blind, and that is, you know, not good for them or for anybody else. Let's talk uh, build or buy, Anoop. Um, a mm-hmm. lot of your competitors have slightly bigger war chests uh, than they did a year ago, uh, which certainly begs the question, there's going to be a lot of acquisition activity in our space. Um, are you? I don't think you guys have made any acquisitions, at least nothing publicly that I've seen. Are you guys going to now be in the acquisition business? Or are you going to stay firmly in the build business or somewhere in between? We have not done any acquisition so far. Uh, that is there. Um, we remain open to anything you know that comes up opportunistically. He's saying there's a chance. I'm, sa- I'm saying that that's how the, that's how they branch out into international. Yeah, go ahead, put that on my predictions. Keep going, Anoop. <laughs> yeah, no, I am just of the mode. You know, never say never. Uh, we will, you know, I'll tell you about how I think about acquisitions. You can have technology acquisitions, a small team that's done something amazing. You can have, you know, customer acquisitions. Somebody has a large customer list that will benefit from our solution. And so, you know, you can do customers. You can have aqua hires where we just get a lot of talent from a thing. And so, you know, they, it's all over the map in some sense. And we will look at opportunities that come our way carefully. But also, you know, I have done many acquisitions while I was at Microsoft. It is really important that there is a culture match and be able to grow. They can be a huge distraction, okay, to the existing team (laughs) where no progress is made. So we will try and be smart if we do anything. Only the sexy people, Chad. Good Only answer. Only the sexy people. Yeah, well, they have to be a diverse set of sexy people. <laughs> That's Anoop Gupta, co-founder, CEO, deathmatch winner, unicorn at Seek Out Anoop. We really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been way too long. We definitely need to get together at a conference somewhere. Uh, but in the meantime, if somebody wants to find out more about you, or seek out, where would you send them? So I would send them to our website, seekout.com, uh, get a demo, or you know, send me mail directly. I'm Anoop, A-N-O-O-P, at seekout.com. You know, connect with me on LinkedIn, send me an email, and it'll be great to get together. He's so friendly. He's I love so it. friendly, so uh-huh. open to everything. <laughs> Anoop, we love you, man. Keep on rocking. Chad, another one in the in the can. We out. We out. Thank you for listening to, what's it called? A podcast. The Chad. The Cheese. Brilliant. They talk about recruiting. They talk about technology. But most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout outs of people you don't even know. And yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho, pepper jack, Swiss. So many cheeses and not one word. So weird. Anywho, 
Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts, thought leaders, and innovators as they unravel the latest banking trends, disruptions, and game-changing technologies reshaping the world of finance. Redefine your understanding of the banking ecosystem. Subscribe now to Banking Transformed, available wherever you get your podcasts and now available on YouTube.